0: This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Hello, this is Michael Crosa from the Jollyville Radio podcast. And you know, these days it is so important to be able to laugh, find connection with others, and be reminded of the power of community. That's why some friends and I got together to make Jollyville Radio, a short and uplifting fiction podcast, which is set as a radio show in the town of Jollyville. In addition to telling stories and interviewing characters from the town, each week we also learn about people doing community building work in the real world. I so hope that you'll have as much fun listening to our show as we have making it. You can find us on most podcasting platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or just on our website, JollyvilleRadio.com. I hope to see you in Jollyville soon. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up hiking through life.
1: This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories.
0: We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast. Head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us.
1: If you'd like to support Hiking Through Life, you can go to hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. We have t-shirts, water bottles, and we recently added stickers to the shop.
0: Use the code podcast at checkout and receive 10% off your first order. There are other ways you can support this podcast as well. You can check those out at hikingthroughlife.net slash support. Also, be sure to sign up for our email list. You can do that by heading over to hikingthroughlife.net, enter your email address, and click subscribe. There's no commitment. You can unsubscribe at any time. As part of our email list, you'll receive our monthly newsletter. We'll also be sending out any promotional codes for Hiking Through Life gear. It's an excellent way to follow Hiking Through Life's journey. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode.
1: Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today in the podcast, we have Lizzie Brister. Lizzie has loved hiking since she was a kid and in her adult years has been an avid international traveler enjoying the outdoors in Ireland, Norway, Switzerland, Italy, New Zealand, and the Philippines. This year, she was road tripping out west to enjoy some of the outdoor life. She is part of the Jollyville radio podcast team and is going to share about that show today too. Welcome to the podcast, Lizzie. Thank you. So excited to be here today. Yeah. So many people just like when they grow up hiking and being in the outdoors that just becomes a part of their lifestyle. That's definitely like how I um got integrated into the outdoors. So tell us about your experiences as a kid.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I think part of what I loved was the feeling of escaping on a vacation from what felt like everyday life, normal life. I grew up in Texas, so our summers would be 100 degree weather and high humidity and just, oh, I never wanted to go outside. And then we would take, you know, a late summer trip up to the mountains somewhere, whether that was New Mexico or Colorado, we'd pile into the van and drive for a couple days and just all of a sudden you'd open the sliding door and, and there was this waft of cool 60 degree weather and I think it felt like an adventure and it felt like an escape and um, always felt like just an expanding of what I knew the world could offer. We went to a lot of national parks. We went to a lot of state parks. Um, My dad is very good. He loves trip planning, which I definitely inherited um, and a love of travel. But we'd always have somewhere new. We'd always have somewhere I hadn't seen before and where you get to see a, a, a new mountain view or a new desert view or something like that. And I was hugely bookish kid, still a very bookish adult. And I just, I just remember feeling so much when I was a kid of that was tied to so many imaginary stories I had and so many adventures that I wanted to go on. And it felt like a little piece of that in everyday life. So I think definitely some of that wonder, that childish wonder has carried through into my adult life. Um, But then just the practice of getting excited to get your backpack and get your shoes on and get out there and see something new.
1: Totally. I love how you said like an expanding of what we're used to in our everyday lives. Like, I think that's so important for people because when you're like stuck in like the routine Mm. of your everyday life, you just like, you're just going through the motions at a point. So like to travel, to get outdoors, to do anything different out of your everyday routine is Going to help you grow and expand and just like keep your mind open. Oh, yeah. I think for me,
2: one, it's still just hugely stress stress relieving in that sense of physically leaving behind, especially I've got to say, I felt very privileged during this pandemic and quarantine situation to live near mountains because I can literally safely leave my apartment where I can feel stuck, I can feel in a rut, I can feel like limited um, in what I can do. And get out into something bigger, something where you can have a truly bigger perspective um, and feel, I think for me too, I feel such a sense of belonging outdoors too, of, you know, for me, weirdly, it's realizing what a part I am, both small and insignificant, but also part of that bigger sense of belonging to the planet, of belonging to um, nature itself, of being a part of nature. And so I, I, I love Oh, I love to do that.
1: Now I've got to go hiking again. I know, right? I've been like itching to get out really bad. We just had a baby. I mean, we go on like daily walks, but yeah, I'm really like wanting to get outdoors and go hiking and do things, but it's very cold here in Minnesota now. So getting out for long periods of time with an infant is a challenge.
2: Yeah, we did <laughs> just get a really good
1: snow a couple of days ago. So
2: fortunately it, it does melt here pretty quickly between between our snow days.
1: Yeah. Okay. And you're in Colorado, but you grew up in Texas. So what made you end up in Colorado? Have you been like a nomad, like going from state to state for a while or what's that look like? A little bit. So I work in higher
2: education. I work with new student orientation and family programs. Um, And so there's a lot of opportunity with that there's universities, colleges in so many cities, and so many wonderful places. And so just as I've had opportunity to change jobs, I have jumped around a little bit. So I worked with study abroad for a little while and I lived in Ireland, I lived in England after that, um, which led to a lot of my ability to travel um, in Europe uh, and do some good hiking and see some just amazing places out there. But then eventually I lived in Southern California I've always wanted to head back to the mountains. I've always wanted to end up seeing what it was like to have normal life look like getting to hike frequently, getting to do outdoor activities, getting to ski. So I just looked for an opportunity and was able to find something here in Boulder and moved out here about two years ago.
1: Do you love it so far? I do,
2: I do. It's It's been ridiculous. I think the honeymoon phase has yet to to wear off. Um, it's, it's just a little bit ridiculous because Boulder is is right beneath the Flatiron Mountains, so they're, you know, five minutes away from my house. There's uh, Chautauqua Park, which has a bunch of hikes going up into the Flatirons. There's um, Green Mountain, and there's another spot that has a bunch of uh, kind of overlooks of then the valley to the south of us, and we're about an hour and a half from Rocky Mountain National Park, from Brainerd Lake Wilderness Area, um, to Garden of the Gods south in, in Colorado Springs, so There's just a plethora of opportunity to find something new, whether that's shoot, I have a half hour after work, or I want to commit, you know, a full day um, to go hike something big. So, like I said before, it's been incredible to have that opportunity and that outlet Um, during a really trying few months where um, Colorado and I'm I'm glad of it, but it's been very shut down for a long time. Um, I've been working from home, which I'm really thankful for, but just the ability to get outdoors and have a bigger have a bigger world to enjoy than just the four walls of my apartment has been really wonderful for mental health um, for sure in the last few months.
1: Yeah. It's a huge, like a huge mental health helpfulness to get outside and be able to move and just a change of pace and environment can do Mm. so much for a person's mind. Yeah. When I'm in the house all day, I just like get very like sluggish and I'm like, but the second you go outside, even for five minutes, Mm -hmm. it's amazing what it can do for you. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Like, oh, there is this whole other world, like like you said, outside of the four walls that we live in. Exactly. So you mentioned you lived in Ireland for a while. Mm-hmm. And is that when you were working in higher education also? Yes. Yeah. So I started after um, after school.
2: First couple of positions were with study abroad programs. And so actually getting to travel with students as they were going abroad. And so we were in Dublin, Dublin, Ireland, and then took them on. Part of my responsibilities were to make sure we scheduled um, excursions and they got to see the islands. They got to see and learn about the historical context of the places we were visiting and learn about culture. Um, and so I actually learned how to surf in Ireland. It was freezing.
1: I Yeah, that was my first thought. Like, how cold was
2: that? Oh, it was very atmospheric, but it was raining and it was gray and it was uh, November and freezing cold, so um, can't say I was very successful, but it was exciting to try and. I mean, I had to, you know, save some face in front of the thirty students that were there too, uh, and we gave it our best shot. And then um, that particular, we were at Sligo, Sligo uh, Beach, and we were staying at a at a spot called the Gyreum, which was um, this couple had built a wonderful retreat center where all the food was grown in their garden. Um, everything was very natural, all the plumbing, all the showers, uh, everything was, uh, a little bit rustic, but it was a wonderful retreat from, I think, the hectic nature of the city where we were. And, um, of course the students got a break from some of their, their study schedule and, um, just a good chance to kind of force you to reconnect with nature, um, as part of that. So we were a bunch of smelly folks when we came back, but, uh, it was a great weekend get away and reconnect.
1: So that was like a weekend thing, but otherwise you guys were just kind of staying in the city and doing your like kind of work thing throughout the weeks?
2: Yeah, throughout the week, you know, they were, they had a full-time college schedule. Um, Then we were able to do, we did a tour of Northern Ireland and to hike around Giants Causeway and uh, some of the spots up there, which are just this wild geological features that look like something out of a, out of a science fiction movie um but
1: yeah totally I was there only for like two days but I'd love to go back and just spend more time there it does just feel like you're in a dream when you're going through Ireland exactly exactly
2: um so we did we did a lot of touring on the weekends um and we get to see we did the Cliffs of Moher um which great Harry Potter shout out there yes filming location for one of those and um we went to the Isle of Inishmore and Hiked around ooh, all the cliffs, which was kind of terrifying since I was in charge of all these 18 and 19 year olds. It, w- it was really fantastic. And of course, it was really cold, but rained every day. So it was just this weird,
1: beautiful,
2: lush, green countryside that I hadn't experienced before. I think everything's brown in, in Texas most of the year.
1: Yeah. Going from Texas to that, that is quite the change. Mm-hmm. I
2: remember thinking to myself, there was a point um, because everything's a little bit different which I think is one thing I love about travel is it, it shakes up your perspective of, wow, I share the same language. It's still English, but it sounds different. There's different meanings for different words.
1: Yes. And even there, like sometimes, like when I was there, I needed them to like slow down. Like it, it does right. sound like a different language. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. And uh, kind of realizing how different something can be. And that doesn't mean it's better or worse than my way. It's just different. But having to expand your comfort zone to realize this isn't comfortable, but it, it could be comfortable. I just I just need to push in a little bit. But I do remember at one point thinking, you know, in a month I get to go home and I will finally be warm. And it was just kind of a funny realization of feeling slightly, slightly chilly and damp. Part of the big, wonderful adventure.
1: Exactly. And like when you have those experiences, it makes you appreciate home that much more like I know when we're out on like a super long hike and I'm just like sweating and falling and just like super hungry or whatever like I I just think yeah I'll be home eventually like just enjoy the adventure while you're out there in this moment then you get home and you get your nice warm shower and everything at home is appreciated 10 times more
2: Oh, yes. It puts such a different perspective on those ordinary comforts or the normal things that we take for granted every day that really are quite lovely.
1: Absolutely. And especially when you're international internationally traveling with people who aren't speaking your language, you you kind of need to navigate things and figure things out in a totally new way, whether it be yeah. through pictures, through hand motions, through pointing, whatever it may be. Right, right. It's an adventure all in itself. I have a lot of good memories of of that kind of stuff, too, in through international travels, especially in Italy. I know you were there, too. Um, I think I saw a picture on your social media page where you did go to Cin- Cinque Terre. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was able to go to Italy
2: um, on two different occasions. One was a trip um, when I was living in Europe, and so it was, it was just highly recommend if you can ever get over there it's a lot easier to travel around once you're there that initial ticket can be pricey but did hike the Cinque Terre and and gosh that was just the most colorful sights and smells and I went in late May and so it was just the flowers were going crazy and it's a beautiful it's a it's a um, national monument or national park in Italy the path between the five cities and so um You can choose to do any portion that you want. It's pretty long if you start at one end and go to the other. Um, I think I did the three cities in the middle because I I, um had a full day and that was about what I can manage. But there were just moments along there where, like you're saying, you're making sure you're on the right path and you're trying to interact with people and realizing there's a a language barrier. So there's a lot of pointing, a lot of shifting. But I remember one one moment I'd stopped on a hill and there was an old woman coming by and she had a big bundle of sticks and looked like something out of a period piece out of a period film. Um, and she kind of struggled with the gate. So I stopped to help her open it. And in my limited Spanish that I remember from high school could tell that in Italian, she turned and she she gestured and she said, it's the most beautiful view in the world. I was like, yes, yes, it definitely is. And, and just in that moment of connection of, of even realizing, like, I don't have any idea what her day-to-day life looks like. And yet she gets to see this every day, but. She hasn't lost the wonder of it and stopping to share that with me who's the tacky tourist you know or whatever just she probably sees hundreds of hundreds of people hiking through every day but um those moments like that are so special and they just stick with you for so long of that connection of, of realizing what an amazing place this world is and be and, and valuing it in that moment
1: absolutely yeah i love that she still had a love for that place because I think so many times we live in these beautiful places and we we do take it for granted like you just forget what's outside your own back door sometimes. Absolutely. And so Italy like a very high tourist place, so many people go there every year, yet to still hold on to that beauty is so great. I know when we when I was there, I stayed with a host family. I went over there to teach English for a few months and I went I stayed with a host family and they were very excited to show me around Italy and take me to the countryside. They had a cottage in the countryside and just show their culture and their home and their traditions to me. And it was all very important to them. Like they were, they were thrilled to show it. And it was like, yeah, it's like their everyday life, but they love showing it to someone new. Um was there anything else in Italy that you any other places you hiked that you loved? Yes. Um I went back
2: a couple of years ago just to um hike some of the Dolomite Mountains. So I was in the northern part of Italy above Venice and um it's those sawtooth looking mountains that just are unreal. Um, they don't look like anything we've got in the United States, and I left really early one morning and just had the map of what you end up doing is you you kind of hike up over this ridge, and then there's an alpine plain that's really, really up high, and so at the edges, you're looking down on villages that feel like they're miles below you, and, and then you've still got these sawtooth mountains around the far edges, um, and so I ended up hiking, I think, about 20 miles accidentally that day. I just couldn't stop. I just oh, let's try this one more turn and let's go this one more place. And, um, 20 miles accidentally, <laughs> it, it just couldn't stop. I just, you know, yeah. like, well, I could turn back here or I could do this one more loop and I could see one more, one more sight, and, and, and turn one more corner. And it was just too beautiful. It was one, it was a really weird, rare occasion where, um, I came up over that edge and it, the, the vista was so unexpected and different from anything I'd seen before. I just burst out crying, which is, I don't cry a lot, but it was this strange moment of, this is so beautiful. Physiologically, my body doesn't even know what to do right now. Um, and it was just gorgeous. And then of course, you know, your phone can't capture any of that. I'm trying to take pictures and document it, you know, but just have to rely on that memory, but highly recommend if you can ever go and, and see any part of that area, just... Ooh, do everything you can to, to do it. I did, you know, uh, one thing about travel, I will say I like to travel by myself quite a bit. I've become comfortable with it. Sometimes it's it's easier to not have to coordinate with other people. I like the alone time too. I think I get very reflective when I travel as well. So it's nice to have space to just think about what I want to think about and and uh, I guess even in, in a way reconnect with myself. But I did think at one point during that day, because there was a language barrier with the the hotel where I was staying, it's like, nobody knows where I am today. So I'm going to not get hurt. It was just, I don't really recommend that. Um, I think
1: I needed a better plan in that. Yeah. And so you were out there alone. I mean, did you do a lot of research before you went to the Dolomites to know like kind of where you wanted to hike there? Because I mean, you said you kept like turning and going, but like you you had an idea of what, what these places were?
2: Yes. So I do love to research um, before I go places. So I looked extensively in guidebooks, um, paying attention. Um, I always look for recommendations, both where to stay, but also where to hike. I want to know that somebody else has been there, had a good experience, um, and is going to share any tips or tricks with me. So um, I have an old, my family favorite, because my dad always relied on Rick Steves travel books Um, And so that feels very dear to me. I, I love, he's a great, um, just a wonderful human being and then has a ton of really helpful guidebooks, but then Google is a wonderful tool. So I had printed out um, a really good map of all the trails that were in that one kind of Alpine area and mapped out where I knew I wanted to, to leave from and a basic um, roundabout. And then definitely there were, there were more highly populated areas Um, where I ran into folks, there was a couple villages up there too. And so I I had several chances throughout the day to stop and look at my map and figure out, hey, do I feel like making this straight shot here to the next stopping point? Or do I want to go and do this one loop out to the side? Um, So definitely do that. I think it's also, you know, it's just sometimes hard. In cities, I'll make sure that my GPS on my phone, even if I'm not paying for like calls or texts or whatever, I've got GPS maps on my phone, but of course that sometimes doesn't work well um, up in the mountains. So I like to print stuff out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to have that backup. I know there's, there's so many good apps out there that you can rely on, but yeah, technology isn't always our friend when we're out in the middle of nowhere.
2: Yeah. That's my worst fear is just getting stuck and not having my, my good old, my good old paper map to help me out.
1: Yeah. So when you go, um, when you were there, you went to the Dolomites. You didn't actually like stay in villages there, correct? It was just a day trip. I, yes,
2: I stayed in, um, it's, they give it in two languages. So it's Castle Ruth, Castle Roto, I think. Um, and that's the village I stayed in. And so, I mean, it's a huge mountain range. So for what I was doing, I was just there two days. And so I was able to hike the or two nights, I suppose. Um, and I was had the one day for hiking in the middle. And so knowing I was limited on time, I just looked for a good loop that I could do that would take me out one way, bring me back another to where I was staying.
1: Okay, okay. Was there any other places that you enjoyed hiking there that you would recommend to people? Ooh, let's
2: see. I think those are my two. Those are my two experiences. I, I am um, a, I am a real strong day hiker. I, I don't have the gear uh, yet. <laughs> That's somehow in the next five years. I don't know. But I don't have the gear for overnight um, camping on a hike or uh, I haven't tried several day hikes. Um, I like to mix some city experience as well as getting out into the countryside when I'm traveling. So I bookended that portion of my trip. I I started in Venice and I ended in Venice. So I was able to it's only a couple hour train ride. um, And so I was able to do a lot of museums and I did. Just a lot of eating. I did a lot of eating. That's what you have to do when you're in Italy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to rank all the gelato shops and you have to try them in order to rank them. And all the pizza. And the pizza.
1: And the pizza. So so I was doing a mix. That's good though. You get like the best of both worlds. Try it. Like, yeah, you go hiking, you go in the city, you get gelato after your long hike. <laughs>
2: Perfect. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Ed, okay. You were in the Philippines too. I'm curious about that. Was that for college students <laughs> or was that kind of on your own? That's actually a good friend
2: of mine lives in the Philippines. Um, and so I went, I've gone out to visit her a couple times. Um, and I knew her growing up and, and then she moved there, um, when we were a little bit older. And so, um, you know, I eased into traveling, going to a lot of places in Europe and, and the Philippines was truly the first time where I, I remember arriving at the airport, and just old immediately the the traffic was different, the city was different, um, people's houses were different, language, with, everything was so very different, and yet it was still um, it was still people, it was still families, it was still friends. I I don't know really how to put it into words, but it it made me um, in a really real way come up against ways that i thought about other countries or ways that i thought maybe i might have figured out something better than someone else and and just realizing again like i said like things being different doesn't necessarily mean better or worse it's just different and you have to push through any of that discomfort and just think about what can i learn from this situation and what can i learn from this new way of doing things and so we ended up um she works with a nonprofit and we ended up helping them out for a little while and then went um, and drove up the coast from Manila, where she's based, which was crazy beautiful. And, and then also, you know, um, you know, watch out for our oceans, y'all. Uh, there was some portions that were covered in plastic, and it was really interesting to see that firsthand and realize that some of what I'm contributing to is polluting other people's beaches and uh, was a pretty good wake up call for me, I think, um, in that sense. But otherwise, just absolutely stunning.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, these beautiful places, like we we need to protect our lands if we want these beautiful places to last for years and years. I mean, that's a huge issue, even with like the national parks here in the US. And that's like very saddening to hear that, yeah, beaches around the world are being destroyed too.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, any other places that you've traveled internationally that people should go to for hiking? Oh yes,
2: uh, Switzerland and New Zealand. I can't, I can't um, forget those. Uh, I got to go to Switzerland with my my youngest sister. I have three younger sisters. There's a lot of girls in my family. Wow. Any boys? No, no boys. We are little women personified, um, and get along get along really well now that we're grown up. It was uh, it was different when we were little, but anyway, my youngest sister got to come visit me, and we went to Switzerland and. Um, We were up above Lauterbrunnen, which is, you may have seen, you see a lot of pictures. It's got the gorgeous long waterfall falling down and above the village. And um, then you take a cable car and you head up to uh, Murren. And then if you walk past Murren, you're in um, Gimmelwald. And we bought some cheese. We had brought chocolate and cookies. You got to eat well on a hike. You got to take your snacks. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. And then we just took the trail that leaves Gimmelwald and heads up into the mountains. And it was uh, early enough in the summer that there were still patches of snow, which was kind of, um, it ultimately kept us from going as far as we wanted to.
1: But when you say patches of snow, I mean, do you mean like knee high or like how? Oh, it was if it's preventing you from going further. Yes. So if
2: you can imagine it's... um. The trail was not very steep, but you were cutting across um, along the side of a mountain where it's steep up one side and steep down the other. And you'd come across kind of sheets of old snow covering what might look kind of like a ski run. It might be a ski run in the winter. Um, You need to cut across that area and it's still got a big slide of snow on it. And so there were parts where it was pretty easy to just clamber across that snow um, and then there were a couple times it started getting where my younger sister, who was 18 at the time, was really excited. Let's keep going. And me being eight years older, I was like, we are going to die, um, which was a little bit of an exaggeration, but it just got, got more and more difficult. It, it, it was like a full run of, of snow. Sounds like avalanche territory. <laughs> well, it wasn't deep. It was just packed down and, and icy. And so I didn't want to Slip all the way down the hill, and we we had our hiking boots, you know, but not um, crampons or something like that, which are definitely helpful if there's any kind of ice or snow. So we we pushed as far as we could and decided it was just too slippery, and so we turned back around. But yeah, that's big sister trauma of thinking, well, that was that was when I almost let my little sister slide down a mountain, but she didn't, and uh, we came back and ate fondue and all other. We ate so many kinds of cheese; it was amazing.
1: Yeah, just go back to the cheese and the food. I mean, the trail is always there. You can always go back another time. It's <laughs> it's not always worth risking the the unknown. No,
2: no, have the right equipment if you're gonna if you're gonna attempt something difficult. So, but that, that was just one spot. We went down to Zermatt, which is where the Matterhorn is, and did not hike the Matterhorn. But uh, there was a great trail um, that had a wonderful view of it uh, just across. Um, we were on the mountain right next to it. And so uh, we definitely did that. And come to find out, um, you usually can't see the Matterhorn because of clouds. Um, It's quite frequently completely shrouded. And so we lucked out the first night we were there. It was a perfect clear sky, just a gorgeous, iconic view. Um, And then as we were hiking the next day, we got really close and we were under the shadow of it. And the top was completely covered with clouds. But It was a beautiful hike nonetheless, especially looking down at town. And and they still had some of their ski resorts open, literally like maybe just one path down the mountain. But we could watch folks um skiing across the way as we're as we're hiking on our side. So it's very picturesque.
1: Right, right. I mean, I can like as you're describing it, I'm just like in a dream pretending I'm there. (laughs) There you go. Me
2: too. It's hmm, it's been rough not being able to use my passport this year. I'll tell you that, because I tend to that's where my money goes when I save it is uh, is to travel. But ooh, yeah, Switzerland, definitely highly recommend. And then New Zealand. One of my sisters actually lived in New Zealand last year. you are 30 or under. Um, several countries have that working travel visa where you can, um, she just went and got part-time jobs or uh, I think she worked as a secretary and then she taught English. And then she just spent a little bit at the time of the end traveling uh and you have a visa to stay there for a year so that's a very fun option i never got to take advantage of that but i did go to visit her while she was there and so um also if you are any kind of lord of the rings or the hobbit fan you have to go if you're able um because it's incredible they the movies were not exaggerating it really looks like that so um we did um a hike under mount cook uh and so we we did not go all the way to the summit but Um, we definitely hiked through Mount Cook Valley, did a fantastic hike in the rain to Franz Joseph Glacier. Um, we kind of did a great road trip around the whole South Island, where ultimately at the end of last year, she repeated some of that and they got stuck between two mudslides that happened between two towns. Um, so you gotta watch the weather. It rains quite a bit there too as well, but... The, the, the cool thing, it's such a small couple of islands, but uh, geographical, geological, not quite sure the correct word there, but there's many different um, types of areas. Probably my favorite hike was to Mount Sunday, which if you're familiar with One of the Rings saga, that's where they built um, the uh, Rohan, city of Rohan. And so it's, it's the big plain with giant mountains around and there's the one outcropping of rock that sticks up out of the middle. Um, The city is not there anymore, but it's a beautiful, beautiful place to hike around. It was very windy when we got to the top of Mount Sunday and um, we almost blew away, but we took all our all our selfies up there anyway. So just gorgeous, different jungle climate, And then you've got these incredible mountains. And then, um, of course, on the North Island, um, which I had a chance to visit on a different trip, there's volcanoes, there's wonderful geological features and hot pools and things like that but just a million things to see it's wild
1: yeah and that's really awesome that your sister was there for a whole year on this visa i have heard of that before but i didn't realize that it was for 30 year olds and under only yeah
2: i think some countries have extended it by a few years um but there's a lot of a lot of places that do that and it's kind of intended for students who want to take a gap year young adults who are still kind of travel and see things I do think it's unfair because I feel like at least for myself now that I'm in my my mid-30s I definitely still want to keep doing that so it seems a little unfair but there's there's great lists um on the internet to see where that's available and what the criteria is but
1: cool opportunity yeah and um I know you said like this year you weren't obviously due to any travel due to COVID but you were you did a road trip this year yes so again
2: You know, just feeling incredibly lucky to be in Boulder um, because so much is right at my doorstep. Rocky Mountain National Park is a little over an hour away, and um, I do feel comfortable packing a lot of my own food. um, You know, making sure that I'm not in contact with a lot of folks. It's just kind of been my situation with work and uh, my partner wanting to keep them healthy and safe and things like that. Of just choosing to not go out and do a lot, so I feel pretty confident that. You know, I'm not going to be carrying it around anywhere or not contributing to the bigger, bigger issue. But I I have been comfortable doing some road trips. Um, And so we drove out to Olympic National Park, which is a couple days drive from Colorado. Um, But we were able to uh, spend almost a whole week um, up in the Pacific Northwest. Did some beautiful hikes in Olympic National Park. Um, in the rainforest area, as well as along the beaches. And then, um, uh, of course, Hurricane Ridge is just the wildest view. Feels like a hundred mountains that are all the same height and size, just stacked on each other around the edge of your vision. Um, so uh, had some beautiful, beautiful experiences there. And then we actually went up to the San Juan Islands and stayed at Friday Harbor and hiked around trying to look for whales a couple days and we saw one we saw one
1: uh but that was it that's lucky because i mean i've heard of people going and not seeing any out there so seeing one is better than nothing
2: we were um sitting out watching the sunset and happened to see a whale just going by taking its time Mm -hmm. doing its thing and then we went on a whale watching tour the next day and saw absolutely nothing so sometimes save your dollars and just sit outside for a while i don't know
1: Sounds like a tourist trap. Those whale watching boats, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. It's, yeah, that not even shocking to me. No,
2: no, sadly. Sadly, that's the irony. But
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a while ago on our podcast, we had um, a couple travel bloggers specific to the Pacific Northwest talk about places to go in the Pacific Northwest. So if you ever go back there, you would probably really like listening to them, the Mandigies.
2: Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to go back. It was gorgeous.
1: Yeah, I haven't been out there myself either, but it's definitely on the list. Yeah, yeah. And and the weather sounds very similar to what we have in Ireland. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. And and so it was gorgeous. We were, we were there in uh, September, but yeah, I do hear it can get a little dreary in the winter, but summer was beautiful and stunning.
1: So tell us, tell us about um, Jollyville Radio. Absolutely. So Jollyville Radio um, is the
2: brainchild of Michael Crosa who I went to grad school with. He texted our group from grad school. We still occasionally share updates or or fun things that we find. And he shared that he's been part of a brass band and they were re-envisioning everything because they couldn't meet up and do concerts in person. So they're going to start this, this fun podcast, um, with the idea that it's an old fashioned radio show. Um, and so there'll be recurring segments and fun little fake advertisements and stuff like that. And he just asked if anybody was interested in helping out. So a couple of us did, we jumped on. And, um, so now I do get to help out with both the writing and then of course all the fun, silly character voices. So it's been a wonderful way of reconnecting with some friends from grad school and being part of a really creative collaborative team who are trying to put some positivity back in the world and back in the situation right now. So each episode um, has skits and a little bit of background music. Michael is doing a great job of tying in some really fun, wonderful elements. And then it always ends with an interview uh, with a real life, organization or person who's doing some good in the world. Um, so a lot of nonprofit organizations are ones that are um, geared towards specific populations and helping people um, just succeed and be the best they can be. So it's a fun two-part. You get your kind of fiction and your fun at the beginning and then reminded of some good stuff that that people are doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely like has got that silly voice part when I was listening to a couple. And I mean, was this something like just radio at all? Was that something you were ever interested in or was it just because he messaged you? I was a theater major the first bit of college before I knew what, really what I, was, what I was gonna do with
2: my life. And um, as a kid, we actually would do radio theater. My, my sisters and I, we would get our two tape recorders set up next to each other where we could record on one And then we could play a CD on the other for background music. And and we'd do these whole things and give them to relatives for Christmas. But I've always loved uh, drama and community theater and stuff like that. So um, that's been just a fun hobby of mine for years. And so, yeah, when it came up, it was something I had to jump on immediately.
1: That's awesome. And I love that it's giving back to, like, good places in the world and especially, like this year, like you said, that's it's more needed than ever right now.
2: Yeah, I think I mean, there's a lot of heavy stuff happening right now that deserves our attention and deserves to be talked about. But it's also, um, I think, just been a good break for me too to have something else that I can focus on. That's that is a little bit feel good and is community oriented and is in a small way hoping to
1: create something right and positive. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys are all based in different states. Yeah, I think there. Um, let's see.
2: So my friend Emily's out in Washington D.C., and there's a bunch of folks. Michael's in Austin, and there's some other Texas folks, and myself in in Colorado. Which means I did almost miss one meeting because time zones are a real thing, and that gets really confusing. Um, that's totally screwed me up on podcast too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and still it's been months, and I can't always get it. But um, yeah, we're all over, and uh, thanks to the
1: virtual nature of everything we do these days, it's been easy to collaborate yeah yeah that's that's like the super cool thing too like with this podcast like at first we started just doing people like local to us yeah and we actually like drove and like met up with a couple people and then we realized like wait the internet is a thing and why aren't we taking advantage of this resource (laughs) there's so many opportunities out there (laughs) yeah yes that is a that is a good part of it yeah yeah So cool. Where can people listen to Jollyville Radio?
2: You can listen to Jollyville Radio on any podcasting platform that you would like. Um, I listen on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes. Um, As well as we do have all the social media. So please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and we'll keep you posted on episodes. They come out every Wednesday um, and they're only about
1: 15 minutes long. um, So it's just uh, a bright spot for your day. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming on our show today, Liz. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having
2: me. This has been
1: really fun getting to tell stories and hear from you as well. And we'll hope for another day soon where we can be traveling again. Agreed. Agreed. But in the meantime, you know, don't ignore what you do have
2: access to. I think you said it earlier that, that it's easy to get numb to what you see every day. And, and I know I have a, a, a unique, situation of getting to live in Colorado but um I think it still stands get outside when you can where you can and
1: um don't forget that it's it's an option you don't have to stay inside all the time 100% and even just like switching up your daily like I went on a walk today but like we walked a different route like just right simple as that is all it takes for a little bit of excitement in our COVID world exactly it's those small things We've loved doing this podcasting journey. We love bringing awesome guests on. We love seeing that people are listening. And we're really, really grateful that this is hopefully inspiring other people to get outdoors.
0: Yeah, and as part of our mission at Hiking Through Life, we really want to help support others in continuing their journey or starting their journey into the outdoors so as part of that we have plans for future episodes to address some listener feedback so if you have questions about backpacking hiking adventuring outdoors let us know email hikingthroughlife at gmail.com and submit us your question or topic and we'll possibly address it in a future episode
1: You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.